You are listening to 4 Raw from 4 Fields of Anfield Road, the world's international LFC podcast. sum up this evening's game oh, good evening uh, I think we scored good goals uh, we played good uh, until the last 10 minutes I think uh, we gave them a little bit confidence and uh, I think they did it uh, good with the chances that they got but um, I think we were a little bit too confident too comfortable with the result uh, at that moment so that's why we gave two goals good you know, uh, we analysed them before. We know that they had a lot of space behind the line, behind their back line, and you know, I, you know, the strength of me to to come behind the back line, and um, you know that that's what I just tried to do, and uh, it worked today. But it was not only me. I think it was uh, everyone who made the run behind their line uh, was dangerous. All right, hello and welcome. This is your host Adi, and uh, I'm here to cover a really, really interesting game from last night. Our semi-final first leg versus Roma, an up-and-down game, five to the final scoreline. Uh, this is for Raw, the official podcast of uh, Foresight. We are at www.foresight.com. Joining me, I have some really interesting guests. One, we have Manny, who is from Thailand, who stayed up all the way up till, I think, four or five in the night to catch this game. And a man, man, oh man, it was worth catching. Welcome to the show, Manny. Hi. Hi, guys. Great to be here again. Great to have you, man. Great to have you. What an awesome game to, like, speak about. Hell yeah, I'm damn excited. Uh, Along with me is the host of our other four show, Forecast. Hello and welcome, Joe. Uh, it's very, it's a pleasure to have you on, man. It's uh, table stone time, you know. Generally, it's me on the other side, but here you are, my guest. So welcome. <laughs> thanks, thanks very much. Well, the, ter- the tables were well and truly turned against Roma, wasn't it? Wasn't it? <laughs> it was turned indeed. But not only did we turn the table, we upset the whole table and threw it in their faces as well. <laughs> and then we took a little bit of the table back at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it it was it was um, it was a typical Liverpool uh, way of you know uh, doing things uh, with the whole game. But tell me something, Joe. Uh, you know, are, are you a superstitious man? I thought I'd put it for our audience. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know where you're heading. Uh, heading there with that. Uh, I did not watch this game. Um, I have not been watching any of Liverpool's Champions League games. 
Um, and they have been winning and they've been progressing forward. So I'm not naturally a superstitious fan, but um, I made an exception in this instance and I continued this not watching of Liverpool play. It was very, very hard to do that. Uh, so I didn't watch this game yesterday and lo and behold, we won again. So there you go. Oh man, <clears throat> the, the sacrifices we make as Liverpool fans. <laughs> I I feel bad for you, my friend, but the sacrifices <laughs> we make. I love you for it. All right, great, awesome. Let's kick off this show, right? Um, the first thing you really wanted to uh, speak about was, well, let's go straight to the final result. Uh, it was 5-2 at the end of the night. Uh Joe, justification for the balance of play, you know, the first 15 minutes dominated, but 25 minutes dominated by Roma. The last kind of 10 minutes again dominated by Roma. 5-2, you think, justification for the balance of play? To be honest with you, the scoreline, well, with the half, um, <laughs> although I didn't watch this game, had, you know, either one eye open on the, on the results, uh, you know, throughout the entire evening. Um, and I was just flabbergasted at the scoreline and flabbergasted again with the end when I saw that it was five and then there was a two with, at, behind that. Um, <laughs> I have now watched this game. Um, total, total dominance. Total, total dominance. I feel total dominance. Well, for most of this game anyway, at least 80% of this game, Liverpool dominated Roma. Um, going into it, I... I, I, of course, I knew that our front three, you know, they are so dominant. I mean, they're the deadliest trio in world football um, right now. Uh, I just saw a stat on Twitter. Um, the sheer number of goals that these three guys have been scoring. They're continuing to score. Um, and I think, you know, but I, I thought that, you know, Roma would put up a, a stronger, much stronger resistance um, than they did. Totally blown away. Totally, totally blown away. So, yeah. Uh, I'm guess you, we are, are going to talk about the two goals that we did concede, but I'd rather focus on the five goals that we did did put past them. Um, past Allison, a goalkeeper, apparently, that we're targeting as our number one replacement for Karius. Uh, with how many millions of pounds they are being ba uh, banded about? But so sixty million is what I hear. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's an interesting point, Joe. You know, a um, lot of tweets out there as well last night talking about how it was an audition for Ka audition for Allison uh, to come to Liverpool, but you know, really it turned out to be an audition for both the keepers. And I thought Carrius passed with flying colours, didn't he? <laughs> Uh, sorry, you're asking me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. Uh, I think he did. I think he did. Um, there's not been any sign, um, you know, he's been good for a couple of games already. He's been getting more and more confident. He just needed the run of games. He's getting it now. Um, I just see a strong goalkeeper and I see a, a keeper uh, that inspires confidence um, in that back line together with, together with um, Virgil van Dijk and together with surprise surprise Dejan Lovren um, who did come under some criticism for the first goal was it that was conceded well, the, 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 the first yeah. Roma goal that was conceded after we were already 5-0 five, five up so um, he did come um, but I, I don't know I feel that it's totally unfair you know strikers strikers could, could miss several chances and then get fated for, for, the, for the one goal that they do score but a defensive player who makes just one single mistake gets punished and then gets, you know, criticised unfairly. So I, I think that that's being a bit sure. unfair on Lovren. So, yeah. So I think for Karius, answer your question. Yeah, um, I see nothing so far and not in this game at least, um, you know, that say that, you know, he shouldn't continue as that number one mm -hmm. choice for us. Yeah, no, that, that, that's a good point. You know, on... Uh on Lovren, we'll, we'll just get to that. You know, I have a really different stand, uh, real Lovren. But we will get to that a little later on, right? Uh, Manny, uh, Joe's already mentioned it. We were totally dominant. Um, you know, there were two goals really at the end of the game. So, 5-2, do you think, you know, for the 30-40 for the minutes of like where Roma actually played out, you thought, you know, 
them scoring two goals was it fair you know at the end of the night or you know we should have actually finished it 5 5-0 to be honest uh i think it was a i think as joe was saying it was a it's a weird result for for me because i think we totally dominated roma for 90% of the game uh, i think a bit of uh, lack of concentration cost the, the the two goals but uh especially the penalty i think it's a mixed um, emotions there i don't i wouldn't say it's it's giveable the penalty but i've seen that not given before so i think we're a bit unfortunate there but not to complain i think we 5-2 is a good result going into the second leg it it is a good you know on the penalty we'll speak about that as well um because well the circumstances are a little strange but we we'll get to that you know um just about you know going into the game you know uh, one of the things di francesco was asked was hey you know you're playing liverpool on the most highest scoring teams in the champions league this season what's your approach going to be are you going to go away to liverpool are you going to sit back and he said very interestingly that he's going to come out to play and he's and liverpool are going to have to force us force them rather to sit back uh then you know he comes out and he puts a 352 or debatably a 532 formation right uh when you saw that formation manny what, what did you think you thought you know they were here to just sit back and you know maybe nick a goal that's that's honestly what i thought when you know the, the formations were put out yeah uh before the game i expected them to to come to anfield and sit back a bit but seeing the formation i thought you know they are doing something risky here you know they're playing a uh, an aggressive full backs two two of them kolarov and i think it was forenzi and um the three center backs are in trouble because we we have a three of the most dangerous um forwards in europe right now and instead of putting four against three they they put three against against three so um i think it was a it was a bold move and it didn't work until salah went off Do, do you do you think played uh, right into uh, into Liverpool's hands though having three versus three in the situation you know on in their half you think it in a way played into our hands perfectly yeah um, and and we can see that in in the stats we we totally dominated like like I was saying you know 90% of of the, of the game and I think um, it shows that at this level the the manager is not up up to you know the the experience that Klopp has i think uh i think Klopp would never do that it's, it's risky especially going away to one of the most you know noisy the noisiest stadium in europe the noisiest stadium in europe and what what atmosphere you know just moving away from point what insane atmosphere we had last night i thought city was like the pinnacle of what anfield could you know bring out there but man oh man yesterday night was something else yesterday night was something else uh yeah so the, the 352 and there they came they played a high line high line you know played right into our hands and you know from there on we had that early stumble kind of like the first 20 25 minutes but we really got into our strides after that uh, didn't we joe that whole uh, that whole phase of like 60 70 minutes we, we we kept doing similar kind of things you know playing balls over the high line a very un liverpool like thing but still you know the way we countered was very liverpool like so you know did 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 we really bring it on after those first 20 25 minutes was it that high line which was you know the deciding factor between you know us being able to attack so fluently and us you know them having to attack so what do you think joe well um let's be honest here um with this kind of formation playing three at the back and a high defensive line um francesco basically committed tactical suicide against liverpool at at anfield in such a an a, a, um, atmosphere yeah he just he basically harakiri himself he basically did a pep guardiola yeah that's what he yeah. did he, he he took a knife he took a long samurai sword and he stabbed himself and gutted himself so the two goals that he got at the end were pure luck i feel um yes of course um luck when i say luck i mean um well it only came because salah was substituted 
Um, and then there was, you know, obviously there was an error uh, that led to their first goal and then a penalty that should not have been a penalty because Milner couldn't, couldn't get, got, got his fucking hand out of the way because of the fierceness <laughs> of the shot. That, you know, what, what could he do? Yep. He couldn't do anything. You know, but okay, that's fine. I mean, uh, you know, horses for courses. Some people might say that um, some of the linesman's decisions were a bit, um, you know, hairy because there are several instances where it could have been called as offsides. But you know, Salah, for example, was played on. But you know, so you could horses for courses. You could argue either way. But tactically, Francesco got this game completely wrong, <laughs> completely wrong, and he got punished for it. <laughs> He got punished for it, rightly so. Um, but uh, it, of course, in the start of the game, you know, typically with such high stakes game, there's this going to be this chess match, you know, trying to trying to figure each, you know, each each team trying to figure each 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 side out, you know, uh, positionally, tactically, what they're doing, uh, and then you know uh, when that happened, um, of course, it, it you know it uh, Liverpool fans, of course, you know. Had their had their you know hearts in their mouths when when uh, the ox went went down. Um, did we were we already one goal up at that point when ox went up? No, no, no. no. Yeah, it was still nil nil. Yeah, it was still nil nil. Yeah, uh, and then and then Ginny came on. So you know it was still it was still you know uh, trading punches there. But then, I mean, I don't know what else you're gonna say about this Egyptian guy, but you know um, he. <laughs> He carried this whole team from there from there on. He just he just said, you know what, fuck this. I'm gonna carry all of you and I'm gonna turn this game around. I'm gonna win this game for all of us. And he did that. From that point onwards, from from that goal that he scored till till the end to the point that he was substituted. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Um Yep, you know. Yeah. He was substituted in the seventy fifth minute, which is when we started, you know, losing our dominance. Yeah. So a lot, lot of uh, lot of points there, Joe. You know, I, I agree with uh, I agree with almost everything that you've said. Uh, but you know, one of the things that happened, you know, before right at the start of the game was Oxley Chamberlain's horrific, horrific looking injury. I I don't know what it is. It looked like you know he uh, he banged his knee into into the surface at like some force. You know, it just it seemed very painful the way he was writhing about uh, on the pitch. It it just seems like his, uh, his and Klopp said so in the pre post match as well that his uh, his season, which well isn't much longer, is over. Looks like his chances for England are over as well. Really, really hope you know that that isn't the case. Uh, but uh, you know some of the other things that you said uh, about you know uh, Di Francesco making a tactical suicide and you know it's it's completely valid. Uh, do you think uh, do you think his lack of experience at this stage had anything to do with Manny pointed it out? Do you think uh, experience had anything to do with it? Joe? Um, possibly, possibly. I mean, um, this guy. I mean, he's he's he, he's a good manager. He's a good manager. Still, you know, of course, you know, still a little bit wet behind the years. Um, I think he was responsible for Sassolo in the in the in the Serie uh, to get promoted to the Serie A. So, you know, he has been in the throes and thick of um, um, you know action. Um, but I mean, now you're in the bright lights, limelight of the semi-final of a UEFA Champions League, um, and you know, obviously, he felt that they were good enough to go mano a mano with um, uh, Liverpool at Anfield. Big mistake. Big mistake. So, um, yeah. So, he might have mitigated his risk somewhat to go for somewhat containment strategy, keep the scoreline contained in that first half. No, he... To his credit, I would say, yeah, to his credit, he didn't sit back. He played football. It's all the stuff that we want to see a manager do, you know, um, unlike other managers that we know in the Premier League. Um, so to his credit, he, few, he did yeah. that. Yeah. So it was is a feast for the eyes. Just not, um, you know. Obviously, they went home hungry. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> they went home hungry, indeed. Well, I, you know, we we fed them some morsels in the end, unfortunately. <laughs> but crumbs. Uh, <laughs> uh, just one one other like interesting aspect, and again, uh, do you think uh, you know we played? We played a progressive manager in Pep Guardiola in the quarterfinals. We're playing a progressive manager in the semifinals with Roma. Uh, 
Manny, you think this had anything to do? You know, were we lucky maybe that we're playing these progressive guys instead of dinosaurs like Mourinho in the quarters and the semis? Do you think we would have had the same kind of success if we were playing, you know, some you know defensive managers instead? Uh, I'll be honest with you. I don't think. I think we'll struggle against a very experienced manager as as we've seen it with Mourinho a lot of times. Um, and you can see, you know, there are different types of manager. I think Guardiola is someone who plays his own way, whoever he plays against. Um, but that's not Mourinho. That's not um, Carlo Ancelotti. Um, I think Zidane is also a progressing manager. I think he doesn't change much to 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 his opponents. But I mean, when we play a team that is playing their own style and you know be open against us. We know we can beat anyone because whoever is open to us is pretty much screwed because the form Salah is in, the form Bobby is in is, is, is amazing. And they all, they all should be scared for me, you know. They should all be scared. They all should be scared that um, of our front three, yeah. Yeah, our front three. They're going to get whoever it is. It doesn't matter who it is. We're coming for them. Um, all right. Moving on from, like, you know, the strategic aspect of it and, you know, those managers and the inexperience. So, obviously, you know, we we've, we scored five goals in that 70 minutes blitz. We completely blew them away. I think Joe already mentioned about, you know, Salah and us not having anything more to say about the man. That man just single-handedly picked us up and said, I will score the goals. I will assist the goals. You guys just chill. And man, he literally did that. And, you know, I, I have nothing more to say about that 60-70 minutes. Blitz. But moving on, you know, there were two goals that we conceded. And that's really, you know, at the end of the night, it was disappointing. Uh, important to remember that, you know, with Roma playing Barca, it was similar. They scored an away goal. And, you know, there they went, scored a 3-0. And they managed to, you know, come back in the second leg. Uh, but going goal by goal, right? The first goal, I know, Joe, you mentioned uh, Lovren's not at fault. Now, here's what Klopp said. He also said that he does not believe Lovren at fault. What he says is that, you know, uh, Lovren was mostly winning the headers. And, you know, that gave the fullback the confidence to push on, which was Trent on his uh, on his side. And because, because Lovren was winning all his headers the, uh, on last night, you know, for the uh, Trent was pushed further up and, you know, he wasn't able to cover when uh, he actually lost one of the headers. So, I personally believe that L Lovren is at fault. I mainly say so because it is in key crucial moments that, you know, the right decisions need to be taken for if you need to prove yourself as a top-class centre-back. Uh, Joe, you already mentioned that, you know, you don't believe Lovren is at fault. I, I clearly do. So Manny, you know, help us break the tie. Break the tie, uh, man. Do you think? Sorry, could I Lauren clarify? I didn't. I did not say that yeah, he was sorry. not at fault for that goal. What What I said was that um, he gets uh, blamed um, too too critically, uh, too critically. Uh, I mean, let's 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 put it this way. I mean, we if people want to blame Lovren for for say making a mistake for that first Roma goal, why then aren't people equally criticizing Sadio Mane for missing two or three chances? Edge chances, and I believe there was also another incident in the instance in the game. Uh, I believe in the second half or some uh, first half, second half. There was a Lovren header. There was a head. There was a bullet header that Lovren mm -hmm. had, and, you know, and uh, and that went wide or hit hit the bar or something. I think that went wide, but that's what I mean. So it's not that I don't that I that I that I don't blame Lovren for that error, but it's like it, it becomes that familiar. Criticism against Lovren, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely get that, Joe. I, I completely get that, Joe. Familiar criticism. But, again, specific question then. You do blame him for the mistake, right? You don't agree with Klopp that it was a fullback's job to cover. I mean, I may not be as... I'm not as well-versed as Klopp in tactics, of course. But I do think Lovren made a mistake you know, misjudging the angle or angle or the flight on the ball and therefore it was his fault. It's I, as simple as that. I think that. He, he would have done better if he was he stepped forward a little bit more. 
Yeah, so that's that's the reason why the ball dinked over him because his positioning was a little bit off. His his positioning was just a little bit too far from um uh Jack uh Zeko. Zeko, right? Yeah, Zeko. Yeah. Zeko, yeah. Yeah. So if he was if he, he was if he was say just a one step, just one step closer to Zeko, um you know, uh he, he his head could have gotten to the ball just enough for it to 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 usher it out to to maybe a corner kick or something. So that's where that's where actually um uh, uh you know that's where an instance where Jekyll got behind our defense because of a flighted ball over so you know well what do you know it, yeah, that's right. Adam, yeah yeah no that, that's true he he was you know poorly positioned for that Manny, you agree you know was Lovren at fault or are you one of those who's going to stick by Lovren say hey man it's the full back's fault he wasn't in his position or you know shit happens like there what's your stand here uh i think for me i think lovren should take the blame for the goal but again i don't want to criticize him because he had an amazing game but i think uh, a lot of times in, in for the for the second half of the season we see a much much better example of how good a defender can be in virgil van dijk so when we see someone like lovren he's he's always not as good and he makes mistakes uh unlike bandai he, he's like a perfect defender so i think you know people make mistakes and if we were still um the score was like new new i would criticize him much more than that but uh i think jago did really well for his first take yep. and he finished yes. amazingly yep. so yeah. you, you can't really you know like like joe was saying you know money misses like for example many misses uh three chances amazing chances and he doesn't get criticized as much as Lovren being at fault for once so i think he was wrong but i think um it can happen so i i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't focus on criticizing him i think he, he had a great game uh, let, let's not also, let's not forget also that he was in, integral in beating city over two legs in the quarter finals yeah so yeah it is what it is you know all right it is uh, unfortunately what it is i think both of you are of the same opinion you know um, he was instrumental one mistake you know shouldn't be overly criticized other people make mistakes as well fair enough um i i continue to stick to my stand that he makes mistakes at the most crucial of moments as manny said you know uh, if if we weren't few five goals up we would have really felt the pinch of that mistake we were lucky we were five goals up so yeah. you know hope hopefully you know there's no mistakes in the second half and you know maybe in the final as well we'll see don't want to jinx that uh but moving on first goal okay fine lauren was at fault okay no worries but it's important you don't concede a second unfortunately mm. unfortunately there was a penalty uh, penalty call given for a freaking handball for milner now from my perspective the ball was struck really hard now milner was moving towards the ball as well which gave him lesser time to react and to be fair his arm wasn't really dangling out it was beside his body maybe slightly out but it wasn't all the way out joe you said it's not a penalty you stand by your decision it was not a penalty um let's just say i think it was a soft penalty it it is it is a penalty by the rules of the game because it struck his hand in the penalty box actually joe if i could interrupt you right i looked up the rules of the game after this match and it specifically says deliberately it has the word deliberate in it in the box specifically the key you know driving word is deliberate so you know i would you still say it's a soft penalty now i understand there are different ways of applying and understanding deliberate but would you still say it's a soft penalty i would say it's a soft penalty because i mean you can say um you could argue that okay it's what you said you know his arms were not pressed against his body therefore you know therefore you could interpret that it there was some intent for some appendage to get contact with the ball <laughs> but i have to be honest with you in a field of play everything happens in a split second you know of course we have the benefit of looking at replays and replays and replays and replays for the players who have been you know running up and down the pitch for god knows 50, 70 80 90 minutes right uh, by the time uh, that was in the 80th minute or something 85th minute and you also know how much milly um exerts himself during games you know 
Um, yeah, and, and the speed, um, was it Nangolan? Nangolan that took the shot, wasn't it? Nangolan was the one that took uh, the shot, I believe. Yeah, I think you're right. Yes, yeah, Nangolan was the one that took the shot. You know, he, ju- he just had that split moment to react. He, you know, unless he's like, uh, you know, has a computer CPU brain or something, he said, okay, um, remember to tuck your hands and keep your hands by the side of your body, turn your head away, you know, cover your balls or testicles, you know, make sure the ball doesn't <laughs> hit you there or something like, you know, he doesn't, people don't process these kinds of inform- this kind of information this way. You just react, you know. Um, and in this instance, actually, he didn't react. He didn't react. He, he, his body was in a natural, I was looking at it, I said, his, his body was just, in, an, in its natural state in that moment, in that split moment, you know. But, again, by the rules of the game, you could say, yeah, yeah, it should be awarded. For me, though, I think it was a soft penalty. So I want to add to what Joe is saying is that um, the ball was struck and then hit directly in between his arms and body. So it didn't directly hit the, the hand or, like, you know, the forearm. So... If it was that was the case, then I think you know they have a, a much better case. But it hits in between his body and arm, so the the referee should know that. Like Joe was saying, it's it's kind of like impossible to get that out of the way. Let's let's be honest. Also, I mean, um, we were already five goals to the good by that point of time. So I don't know. Maybe in Felix Bright's mind, he might wonder to, okay, you know what? Maybe we can make this a game a little bit. It's all a human thing. You know what I'm saying? It's it's all human. You know, it's all a human thing. So you're like, okay, five goals. What danger is there here? You know, it's like, okay, you know, uh, let's not be too unfair on them. I just I I give the the benefit of the doubt to the attacking team. There you go. I blow the whistle. It's a penalty. There you go. Me. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe Mr. Felix just thought, you know, like, if if two goals aren't conceded this night, it's just not going to feel very Liverpool of, you know, the <laughs> game. You know, just it's a Liverpool factor, doesn't it? Maybe yeah. the referee was helping us along. <laughs> oh, maybe he's secretly a Liverpool fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's German, right? So. I think so, yeah. <laughs> and his army of German fans. Yeah, very, very possible, you know. But this is the same referee, in fact, who, was, uh, who presided over the matters in the first leg uh, versus Man City as well. I, th- mm. I thought he did a fabulous job in that game. I thought he did a fabulous job in this game as well. I mean, yes, there were some mistakes from the linesmen, but overall, even considering the soft penalty, I thought he did a pretty fabulous job, right? Uh, Felix, yeah. Felix Breck actually is considered um, one of the top, if not the best, European referee. Uh, yeah, I think he's great. Yeah, so I think he's right. He's right up there. I I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised. I, I would I'll go as far as to say I wouldn't be surprised. You, you, we shouldn't be surprised if you see him refereeing the, 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 the World Cup final, or even the the Champions League final. Yeah, I don't, well, Champions League final maybe not so because he's already got this. I don't know how it works, but for example, the, like the World Cup, for example, right? So I won't be surprised if his his name is on a short list. You know, um, of of top referees that would referee in the finals and the semifinals of the World Cup, for example. So, there you go. You know, I I completely agree, Joe. He's um, he's definitely one of the better referees I've seen out there. After all the uh, horrendousness we've had to put up like through the season, very glad he's officiating our games. Yep. All right, great. You know. Um, that was, that was two goals that we conceded, unfortunately. Uh, scoreline at 5-2 at that point. Just uh, just want to take a quick you know, uh, break over here. Uh, you, we, we will be right back. There's more to discuss on this game, but you know, take a quick breather and we will be right back in a minute. Four are big believers in fan-created content. 
So, we've been speaking to the guys from a new football fan app called PitchDMM. There's a great new feature called FanTime. Hit play and record your response to the question on their dashboard. There's loads of other great features as well. So, in order to make this work, we simply need every one of our listeners to download it. Download it now at the Apple Store for iOS and the Google Play Store for Android. Once again, the app is called PitchDMM. Download it today. Now, back to the show. All right, back to the show. All right, perfect. Um, you know, there's there's more to discuss from the game. It's such a fucking meaty game, man. There was just so much happening last night. Um, w- one of the other things, you know, um, which really went around Twitter last night was there were two main points of like, you know, discussion with regards to substitutions. Now, Mohamed Salah was subbed in the 75th minute and two goals were conceded on the 80th minute onwards, right? Um, the first point of contention was why was Salah taken off at the 75th minute? He's your best player. He's tormenting the opposition. He is in full flow. Why do we not kill this tie and score, you know, two or three more goals? Joe, was there logic behind him taking Salah off? I thought, you know, I thought there was logic considering we were five goals to the good. It seemed like the game was over, right? And it also, perhaps he had an eye on, you know, our upcoming game versus Stoke where we're really thin on paper as well as a squad. So, you think you think Klopp was right to take off Salah in the 75th minute? Oof. Tough question. Tough, tough question. Of course, we have the benefit of... Which is of, why um, I have you on here, Joe. Uh, you which, are our answers, man. Which, which, I guess, to the benefit of hindsight, um, was the wrong decision. This is the second game in a row when after Klopp has taken Salah off we've conceded goals and two goals for that matter, right? Yes. <laughs> Coincidence? Coincidence or shit happens? <laughs> I, we can't be such a one-man one team, man. I, I can't believe it has, it, can't, it has... It can't be a coincidence. I mean, I don't want to believe it's a coincidence, but... Well, we're not like a one-man team, for sure, but I think Salah is in such... A stellar moment right now in his form, in his career, in his freaking life that anything he does, anything he touches is gold. (laughs) He's like, you know, the golden child, you know. So, you know, he's like that. He's like he's like that guy that attracts that lightning bolt for us. So, the moment you take him out, something all goes wrong. Now, okay, without talking so generally and mystically about it, um, let's explain. Think, okay, yes, Klopp had a, had a had a had a had the right thinking behind taking him off and preserving him, especially seeing how you know our players are dropping like flies. Our midfield is so bloody thin right now that basically um, Hendo, James Milner and Ginny are going to have to play the rest of the season. Every game, right? Or um, we might need to be able to draft in Curtis Jones earlier than, than, than expected. You know, not exactly the best situation to, to be drafting in that youngster. Uh, alternatively, I've also been saying that perhaps worst come to worst, we could drop uh, Bobby further back into midfield and then throw uh, Ings uh, further fr- front. So it's a Mane, Ings, Salah. But then some people will say, why mess with the good thing? Why mess with the, with the front three that has been clicking so well and working so well? But, you know, uh, Klopp seems to, suge- seem to suggest that, you know, um, uh, Salah was doing the running for, for everyone. <laughs> in this game against Roma, you know, uh, and you know they were so concerned that you know they had to take him off. It's like even though he's concerned for for Bobby, you know, where he in training he he runs around all this time and he, you know they had to literally force him and tell him, okay, Bobby, you need to rest right now, you know, sit on the bench, you know. <laughs> so it's it's hard to say, but I don't know, man. I mean, five nil. I am in the, off the camp. That these two goals, everybody's jumping off the cliff, right? For nothing, really. You know, it's not as if we lost 5-2. We won 5-2. So what if they scored two goals? <laughs> away goals, you know? So, oof. tough, 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 <laughs> tough. Okay, so if you put me on a spot and ask me, okay, is this a right, was it a right decision? Um, 
Yes. By club? Or I would say no. Yeah, I wow. would say okay. it would be no. It was the wrong decision. Because because Salah keeps any opposition honest. It keeps them honest. It keeps them on the back foot. If they ever decide to say, okay, maybe it's an opportunity for us to bomb forward. Hey, fucking hell, Mo Salah is still on the pitch, guys. He, we might get hit for seven or eight or nine. Do you really want that? Oh, guess what? He's off the pitch. Let's be bold a little bit more. Let's be adventurous a little bit more. So, so I think that played a part. You know, that's fair point. I think, um, I think Roma looked uplifted after he came off. They suddenly... You know, it, it seemed like some sort of a weight had been taken off their shoulders. And perhaps also, you know, considering the fact that in the league, yes, he was worried about Salah not getting an injury, so he took him off. But also consider the fact that, you know, we're almost bang on to secure the fourth spot in the Premier League as well. So maybe Klopp could have taken a risk, you know, just another another factor to that decision as well. But... Okay, that, that, that's your opinion. Maybe, yeah, he was wrong. And, you know, a lot of people saying that he was wrong. I personally, personally, I don't think he was wrong. I think he was fully justified considering how thin our squad is. The, you know, issue of Salah getting injured. And yes, and ideally, you know, other players should be able to step up and, you know, perform as well. It shouldn't be so heavily reliant on Salah. So, I, I don't think, you know, Klopp was wrong, to be honest. Um, can I can I just add to that but, point a little bit? Okay, so sure. let's say yeah. it's five, sure. we have five goals, right? Five goals to the good. So basically, you know, all that was required was game management. Okay, yes, I understand Klopp is worried that Salah might get injured because he's been doing all this running around. And just tell him, stop running around. Stop running around. Just relax. Drop back. Let them have the ball. Let's see what they want to do with it. We don't have to attack anymore. Five is five nil. I think that's enough. We can just relax. Take your foot off the pedal. I mean, he's been, he's had, he's had his, he's got his, he had his feet on the gas throughout the entire game. You know, tell Salah, tell Mane, tell whoever, tell Bobby, you know what guys, relax. Drop back. Drop back into midfield. Yeah, flood the, flood the midfield with bodies. Flood the midfield with bodies. You know, he could have done all of that, preserved Salah's fitness and still had game management without taking away the potential threat. Well, Joe, I, I agree with you, man. I and see, and why, why, I, in, replace, in why replace Salah with Ings? Why he, he put in Clavin for, for Bobby? Why not throw Bob Clavin on first? That seemed to me to be a better game management tactic. I don't know, maybe. You know, two points, perfectly, you know, good points. The first thing, you know, as you said, game management, I agree with you. Unfortunately, you know, or well, fortunately, we're all about the heavy metal football, man. Klopp just doesn't really get game management. It's it's not the first time we're talking about this, RV, yeah. you know. Completely agree. Um, now, second point, on to Klavan. Now, that is a really interesting point, Joe. And this was the second thing I wanted to bring up. A lot of fans criticizing, uh, you know, this substitution as to why it was made so late. Manny Klavan came on in the 92nd minute. You know, we'd already conceded those two goals. But ideally, the time for consolidation was after you brought on Salah. So ideally, shouldn't he have probably come on, you know, in the 80th minute? You know, sometime in the 80th minute, right, Manny? I mean, do you think that was a blunder from Klopp's end, you know, bad game management to not bring on Klavan sooner? Uh, I think no for me because... We all know that Liverpool were not a great team at absorbing pressure. We don't want to defend. And the reason why we've been doing so well lately and getting a lot of clean sheets is not because we absorb, uh, it's never because we absorb pressure. It's because we are so good at attacking and we have Van Dijk to, to make sure uh, to get rid of things before it happens. So. And every time we we bring on a sub, like you know, last season I think it was he was doing this with with Lucas coming on at the end of the games. Um, and when we absorb pressures, we we almost certainly will concede goals. So I don't think I think the the Clavan substitution I think Club purely made it to waste time. That, that's why he he um, he put him on. I think it was the 90th minute. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so I think Klopp is Klopp is someone who is very, very cons, constant in in what he does in games. For example, late substitutions or you know putting on defenders on very late into the game. He doesn't like to change things during the game because the way we play all depends on momentum, and one player changes everything. The the momentum and everything he plays. That's that's my opinion on it. So interesting, right? But one one thing I want to ask you, then, man. You know, um, Joe Joe also mentioned it. Why not? Why not leave Salah on, and yet bring Klavan on? You know, that was a very interesting point. We could have we could have defended, and yet you know have managed to you know counter at every possible opportunity. So. Do you still, you know, may, do you think perhaps the order of the substitutes were wrong? Maybe Salah shouldn't have been brought on, and then, you know, accordingly, you know, brought Klavan on. In addition, you know, stabilizes defensively while retaining an attacking edge. Maybe, maybe in that sense, you know, Klopp's subs didn't really work out. I think uh, for me, um, I I don't think Klopp is to take the blame here because I think he he is someone who trusts all his players. And by doing that, it means that if he takes out Salah and put on things, his team should be able to perform exactly the same way before Salah goes off. And if he trusts his team, the eleven men on the pitch, and one or two of them lets him down, you know, I don't think it's, it's his fault because the formation remains the same. He may not have thought too much about the the threat that Salah offers, but. Again, I think the the formation never changed, and that's how the game should have remained the same. But you know, again, there are bits and of mistakes that were going on around uh, that backline. But I I think um, at, if if we if we had to say Klopp made a bad choices, I think he made a lot of right choices early on in the game. That's how we we went up five nil. So so to me, that's, uh, yep. No. You had something else, why? No, 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 no. That, that I finished there. Yeah. You know, that's I really like. The like, it's not just about a few choices if he made any, but it's about the lots of good choices that he made. I really like the way you put it, Manny. Okay, excellent. Okay, I mean, you know, we we all have our differing opinions. Some saying Klopp's not justified. Some saying he is. Uh, so you know, I I I'm not sure. I know Klopp doesn't really have. The best in-game management. It just it just goes to show similarly to what happened last night as well. But again, he made a lot of good choices as well. So you know that reflects in the final scoreline. Moving on, um, some 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 of the interesting things that were said is does you know it really feels worse than it actually is. And I know Joe, you alluded to this a little bit earlier, right? With everyone feeling all doom and gloom, even though we scored five <laughs> and conceded two, right? And you know we shouldn't be feeling so bad, but you know at the end of the night I was just like, oh man, shit, we've conceded two <laughs> away goals. Um, everyone was saying, you know, can they do a Barca on us, or rather, can they do an Istanbul on us? And you know, some of the other thoughts were, you know, you're just allowed one Istanbul per season, man, and they've just used it against Barcelona already. Joe, does it feel worse than it actually is, or you know, like are, are people mad? Are we actually, you know, three goals ahead and people are looking at the wrong things? Firstly, um, I don't feel lousy at all, so I don't get all this, um, you know, anxiety and, you know, I just told I just told someone on Twitter, I think Joel uh, Joel Achi, I just told him to, you know, have a drink and get laid, you know, for this anxiety that he's it's just <laughs> he and, and many others. I just don't get it. I don't get it. So, obviously, this this issue is wrapped up with what Roma did against Barca. But there are, like, significant differences. Firstly, in that first game against Barca, Roma actually played well. They played well in that game. You know, they had some hope to hang on to. They were absolutely shit in this game against us. Shipped five goals. Yeah. Okay, yeah, they can say that, you know, they, we, we gifted them two goals. Um, the Italian press um, has now gone to town, um, you know, uh, saying that, you know, Roma still have reasons to believe. Uh, La Gazzetta dello Sporto and as well as the um, 
the other the other Spanish as uh, the other uh, Italian um, uh, paper Corrio whatever Corrio dello Sport. Um, you know, Carrier basically, the yeah. So they they are saying that you know the, the they should stand up and and be proud and and you know there's 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 a chance, you know. But I, I don't understand. I don't get it. You know, we have just as much. Okay, just as much as they have done this one time against Barcelona. Okay, which by the way has to be put into context because you know in their second goal, their second game against Barca, Barca basically capitulated big time right and there, i think there was an own goal there also as well as if, if i'm not wrong um but the thing here is why not choose to believe that we have been unbeaten in the champions league this season liverpool we are unbeaten <laughs> and we have scored in every away game if i'm not wrong Oh, or at least, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, all of them. All of them. <laughs> so, you know what I choose to say? You know what I choose to think? These two goals that we have let Roma score are a target for us to score at the Stadio Olimpico. That's a target for us. Because you can be rest assured that if we just score one, Roma, you are fucking dead. Dead meat. Because right now, as it is, they have to come out and attack us, right? And you know that we don't sit back. That's the second point. The third point is, the moment there is space, uh, good luck. You may, they may score the first goal, okay? But they are going to get G'd up, G'd up by then. They're going to continue to attack us at Rome, okay? That's going to leave space, okay? And, you know, and we're going to capitalize. And we just score one, and one maybe two, right? So just as the same, the same story is coming back again with this Man City game. Remember, everybody said, "Ah, Man City are going to come back at the empty head." <laughs> it didn't happen. We beat them both games, and we scored in both games. And the first game, Pep Guardiola got his tactics wrong. Does this sound familiar, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> You know why? Uh, maybe yeah. Maybe it's time. You know, we actually put these unfounded fears behind us. Actually, you know, back our team to do it rather than go in with a mentality of fear. You know, that's a really good point, Joe. That's a really, really good point. Um, do you do you agree, Manny? Do you also you know agree with Joe that rather than go in with this fear of you know being outclassed away from home, we should go in with the fact that hey. We have scored every every game in the Champions League. We are the highest scoring team in the Champions League. All the cards are with us. As long as we don't get complacent but are confident, our chances of getting through to the final are great. Is, is that the mentality, you know, rather than this whole mentality of fear, Manny, what you say? Uh, actually, on this regard, I, I, I have a lot of comments on it. Firstly, um, if you all remember the last time we beat someone 5 0, that was uh, against Porto, although it was in an away game. But the second leg made us play um, like with precautions. We, we played like we didn't want to score. We, we, it, it remains nil nil throughout the game. And, and it was dull, it was boring. And I don't, wanna, I don't want us to play in the second leg semi final that way. So I think it was actually good that we that we got the wake-up call. We concede one goal, two yeah. goals. Yeah. And yeah. we actually have something to look forward to that, you know, when we go to Rome, we'll make damn sure that we will score at least two goals. People are saying, you know, Roma hasn't conceded a single goal at, at Rome in, in their stadium, the entire Champions League campaign. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just going to tell them, you know, have you played Salah, Bobby and Mane? I mean, <laughs> if, if you play these three, it's very unlikely that you will not concede any any goals, um, especially when you know. I'm not gonna be disrespectful to Roma, but I don't think their defense is uh, up there with um, Real Madrid or Bayern Munich. Um, I think their defense is vulnerable, and we showed that yesterday. I think last night there were a period of 10 to 15 minutes where 
uh, Gagan pressing just destroyed them. They cannot do, they cannot live with their life. They, they can't pass, they can't sing, they can't do anything, and we just destroyed them. And I think if that happens uh, in Rome for at least 10 to 15 minutes, we're coming away with at least one or two goals. So I know they've, they've beaten Chelsea at home 3-0, they've beaten Barcelona at home 3-0, but that's not happening with us, especially when, you know, when we when we are so confident going to away games, not just in the Champions League, but in the Premier League, we, we have been very good going um, going away as well. I'll, I'll, just, I'll like to add one more point here. Let's not, um, and I've mentioned this a couple of times as well, let's not forget, okay, that the Serie, Serie A race, okay, is, 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 is super tight, super tight. Um, yeah. uh, Juve, Juve are still there, but Napoli, I believe, are just one point. Uh, behind That's um, and Napoli beat Juve um, over the week, over the weekend. So the top two, of course, is a, is an assured is an assured place. Play. So, so so who's one and two is just basically between these two teams. But the two other places that are that are still there, you know, um, uh, Roma uh, Roma are there. Uh, uh, Inter 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 could could to, could come up with 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 something um, uh, there. So. Um, uh, who am I forgetting? And there's a team that I'm forgetting now. My brain is just not working at the moment. Uh, Lazio, Lazio. So it's Juve at first, Napoli in second, uh, Roma in third, then Lazio. Lazio and Roma are in 67 points, and, and Inter are in 60, 66. So sandwiched in between um, all of these games with us, okay, um, uh, Roma play uh, Cagliari. And uh, Kievo, right? So these are sides in the bottom half of the, of the Serie A. So this is the best time for them to get points and assure that they get into Champions League next season. So I am keeping all my fingers crossed that in between lose, you know, losing 5-2 and maybe us scoring the first goal or one of the goals in, in, in Rome, that at some point the players come to some realization. You know, you know what? This fucking game is over. Let's just focus on, on, on securing our Champions League position for next season. You know, because that's the best moment yeah. for them. Yeah, because Inter, Inter play, Inter play Juve. I, if I believe, if I didn't get my, my facts wrong. Yeah, Inter play Juventus this weekend. <laughs> so that's the highest chance that Inter are going to drop points. But they play Inter at, in, in, in Milan. So there's all these domestic uh, distractions possibly um, that are happening. As far as I'm concerned, I think we already have one foot, one, one and a half foot, if, that's, if that makes sense, in the final. We just wait, wait yeah. to find out our, our opponent. Please, please don't jinx it, Joe. <laughs> don't worry, I'm not going to watch that. Uh, I'm not going to watch that game as well. <laughs> very... very uh... Very nice of you, Joe. I mean, you 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 had some really great points, right? They have that whole domestic consideration. With thankfully enough, you know, for a change, we seem fairly set. You know, if we don't finish third, we look like we most likely, you know, we can finish fourth. It's fine. We still may not need to put in as much effort as Roma needs to, you know, to finish fourth as well. Great, great, great points. You know, great points. Um, Man, I just had so much more to talk about, but we've completely like you know run out of time. So, <laughs> so What's you know, I'm gonna skip. I'm just gonna quickly cover some important like stuff you know from last night. First, Salah because I had to mention him and some other goals and important stuff that he's doing. One shout out for winning the PFA Player of the Year. Just completely deserving. Um, to all the people saying you know De Bruyne deserved it more. I couldn't disagree more. I'm sorry, but you know he will. Yes, he did win the league with his team, but Salah has been the bright, sparkling, shining star for uh, you know the Premier League and for our team. So first of all, a big shout out to Salah for winning the PFA Player Player of the Year. Um, then, more importantly, he also equals uh, Ronaldo, Shearer, and Suarez's record of 31 games. Th- sorry, 31 goals in a 38 goal season as well. So, you know, massive shout-out. He keeps breaking records. I know, Manny, we spoke about this on our last pod as well. And, you know, he, he just broken a few records then. And there he is doing it again two weeks down the line, man. Shit, yeah. this guy is crazy. <laughs> this guy is crazy. Um, there he is. Um, 
you know, he's still in the hunt for the Champions League top scorer as well. Uh, he's, I think, at 11 or 12. I think he's three behind Ronaldo. Um, he's also in the hunt to break Ian Rush's uh, four-game record. Uh, sorry, 48-47-goal uh, record. 47-goal yeah. record. Uh, he's got uh, four games and hopefully, you know, a fifth game, which is the Champions League final. We'll see about that. He's at 43. So, you know, guys... Do you see Salah breaking, you know, any or all of these records? Joe, start with you. I don't know. I've, I've lost track of all of the records that he could break. To be quite honest <laughs> with you, um, it, it's it's crazy. It's it's crazy. He's 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 such a rich vein of form right now. Um, just just reading this, uh, just reading this interview uh, that he just had, and uh, and they asked him whether it was difficult. Um, you know, uh, the interviewer was asking him on life as being called as a new Egyptian king. Um, and basically, um, Salah said, no, it's easy. It's easy being the <laughs> Egyptian king. This guy, he's, he's, in so, he's so confident and he's so relaxed. That's a potent combination for anyone who is out there to prove a point for being released from Chelsea, right? He's come <laughs> back now and he's proving everyone wrong. Amazing, amazing stuff. Can I just say something? Um, I think we would be remiss um, in this podcast not to talk about the attempted murder of a Liverpool fan before oh, yeah. this game. Now, really? we get classed oh. as hooligans. We, you know, the media talks about bottles and projectiles being thrown at buses. But it's strangely silent when a Liverpool fan gets stabbed and is now about, you know, possibly could lose his life. We don't know what the story is yet. We don't know what the update is right now. The doctors last I heard were trying to save his life. He's in critical condition. Apparently, he suffered a head injury. Uh, condition is described as critical. Okay. Uh, two men were arrested. Uh, uh, Italian men were arrested. But there's no major coverage I don't see in any of the media. No, it's very important to know that he's, he's 53 years old. Yeah. Wow. You know, this is... Th thanks for highlighting this, Joe. This is really shocking. I mean, for all the hoo-ha made about a few fucking broken glass panes, yeah. we don't talk about a man who's been stabbed by away fans. What the hell is this? Uh, AS Roma. AS Roma re released a statement saying that, uh, you know, they are deeply shocked and blah, 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 and all that stupid PR stuff, right? And, and, they state, and they stated that um, uh, a man was stabbed, okay, uh, based on clashes with Liverpool supporters. What clash? There wasn't any clash. It was a biker gang that, ca that came up, okay, and they attacked Liverpool supporters. There wasn't a clash. Nobody was fighting with them. They unprovoked attacked and tried to murder someone. Damn. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very important also to note that this was in Liverpool. Imagine next week, you know, uh, those wow. away fans, I'm very worried for them. Yeah. yeah, I worry for them too, yeah. You know, Liverpool, need, I, I don't know if it's already been done, but we really need to lodge a strong complaint. Maybe, I, I don't know, with Roma or with UEFA, I don't know. I don't know who this needs to be launched with, but safety and security of the fans is paramount this I, i'm really scared for our away fans now because knowing our fans we're gonna go there we're gonna like completely turn it red mm. and you know i'm scared i'm scared man um yeah. italian fans are bad but this is a whole new level this is this is the worst kind of news you would want to hear you know after such a successful outing in the champions league I, i've that, read that, i've read online that um that the the Italian football ultras, you know, the really the hardcore so-called fans that are prone to violence, um, that they have There's some kind of a soft pack. Ultras, yeah, that they, they have some kind of a soft pack with each other, with other uh, other um, uh, ultras in football of other clubs. Okay, that whoever, whichever team plays Liverpool, they have an obligation to attack Liverpool fans on account of Heisel. Can you believe that? Wow. Yeah, well, I, some people just as revenge. keep living in the past. 
exactly so some some people are just delusional man these i mean these ultras are crazy but you know i i had no idea we were being targeted as such uh, it it you know it's 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 really sad but you know on on the other hand we've also completely run out of time unfortunately this is a really really somber note to end on yep. but remember fans we won 5-2 on the night uh it was a good night it was a spectacular effort from our fans from our players and from everyone involved it was great and we really hope and pray you know we have a great second leg and more importantly you know the fans are safe in the second leg and on that note thank you to my dear guests thank you for joining joe manny cheers guys thanks thank you for you know thank you of uh, the reds of the for, reds you know, having some really interesting conversation and on that note cheers thank you everyone and good night see ya see ya